minute. Crossface. The Daily Talk Show. A conversation sometimes worth recording with Josh Jansen and Tommy Jacket. It's a Daily Talk Show, episode 160. Mate. What's going on? Oh, it's. Uh, I'm just sitting in the sun. Outside. Actually, I'm in the car, but the sun is... It's blaring. It's lovely here in Melbourne. Where, whereabouts is my uh, is my buddy? Oh, I didn't know what you were going to call me then. <laughs> but, um, my home. Happy, I'll take buddy. My homeboy. Um, yeah. My bitch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll take them all. Um, you are all. Which is why I'm your bitch. <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm currently in Istanbul, and um, I'm wrapped because. Uh, where we're staying has probably the best internet that I've had on the entire trip. Oh, I don't think anything to- um, can top the internet that Osher Gunsberg posted about. Did you see that? Oh, was it? Yeah, it was. It was low, wasn't it? It was, it was like three hundred and fifty megabyte download. Oh yeah, it was sure. Huge. I think. How do you was get this that? from the five? Was that from the five G yeah, stuff? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, five G. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, the thing is. I was I was talking to a client who is in the uh, internet provider space, and he was just saying because my whole thing is I'm like NBN was a waste, like the National Broadband Network, like <laughs> um, they fucked it because they, you know, they they went halfway there, and then at the last bit they just kept all the the old tech and stuff like yeah. the, you know the copper and things like that, but. Um, he was. I was saying, like, wouldn't you just have, you know, if you were to do it in this day and age, wouldn't you have just used five G, like really fast wireless, and yeah. had everyone on that? Um, and he was saying that the the cost of wireless and the um, stuff like bottlenecks and things like that, like it's a a big problem. Mm. So, well, I've got um, no clue. My my router says it's like there's a five G login and it doesn't work. So I've got no clue what's going on. Well, yeah. So that would be. I'm guessing that's like five gigahertz or whatever. That would be for um, faster, like newer devices. Oh yeah. So when you're, my understanding is when you're on a Wi-Fi, um, on Wi-Fi, the speed of the Wi-Fi will only be as fast as the slowest device on the. Like so, for instance, if you've got an old. Um, say phone or maybe not a phone maybe like a laptop or something like that yeah and it's uh it can only get maybe eight megabits a second as a download on the wi-fi network everything else on the network will then go at that same speed Mm. so 5g on a um wi-fi connection just means that you can um Put like your newer iMacs and stuff like that, and you'll still have ah, the full I speed. I mean, was this was so this you a, should work it out? Was this a soft uh, tech tech review sh- or tech show for, from JJ? Or if it was, I don't think it's going ahead because <laughs> I was boring the fuck out of myself. I'll, t- I'll tell that. you just quickly my um, my first taste of uh, the real fuck up that is the NBN, and that was yeah. sitting in my office uh, in Collingwood and looking out the window. 
it's like a you know a business hub for anyone listening, not you, Josh. I'm not telling you what our office is like. <laughs> um, but I mean, you, you've been gone for a while, so there has been some changes. Your desk is no longer there. No, it's still there. Uh, but I was sitting, Good. sitting, uh, sort of in the uh, common area, and I see these two guys just like with clipboards and in some sort of like high vis looking work attire, and they're walking through and just looking up and kind of pointing at things and. I decided to get up and go see who they are, what they wanted, and and um, and I said, "Hey guys, where are you from?" I said, "Oh, we're just um, we're surveying. We're from the NBN." I said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Oh, we're just looking uh, at where NBN will be installed throughout this area." I was like, "Are you fucking yeah. kidding me?" I didn't say this to them. Two people being paid to walk around the area to point at things and write down a few notes to say where they might install the MBN when they go ahead with it. How ridiculous is that? How, I mean, how far? How far off? It, I mean, I think it's ridiculous specifically for you, given that um, the you've already gone ahead and got fibre anyway in that building. Yeah. Well, the well, yeah, the the, the dude who rents out all the spaces <laughs> paid the money to have it put put underground and and come through. Yeah. So it's it's so bizarre where the government will spend money. It's a complete yeah. rig. Like some there's yeah. been it's like the solar programs they're starting to crack down on those now where I think I saw last week that one of the they're going to have like a, a government um, not like a grant, but basically they're going to ruin all these solar scam businesses out there that were taking advantage of it by offering it directly from them. I don't quite oh, get it, but there has been a lot of a lot of phony work going on with solar systems, and you know it's, that's half half the um, the calls I get from random numbers. Uh, you know, uh, excuse me, sir, do you do you have do you have solar at your house, mate? I don't even own a house. Now you made me feel like a piece of shit for not owning my own property. The, um, tr- Trevor Long, uh, whenever I talk about NBN or think about NBN, I always think of him because he always has pushback on people bagging out their NBN connection because probably you know 50% of the time, the problem that people are having with their NBN isn't specific to the NBN and it's uh, like an ISP issue, it's like a hardware issue, stuff like that. Uh, but I think even all of that shit aside, if I think about when was the NBN, like it would have been like 2006 or something that mm-hmm. it was sort of like coming into motion and I was just so excited about the future. <laughs> um, just like, oh, you wouldn't believe how happy I am when I have a good connection. Like, oh, yeah. If I've got a good connection, I can download podcasts and I can download YouTube stuff. I know it's it, maybe it's a bit sad. Maybe it's a very first world problem. That was the most yeah. first world uh, problem. It it's, it's got that vibe. Hey, so um, I remember actually on the on the first world problem thing. I remember. Um, I don't say that much anymore because I remember I was working when I was working at a company and um, I was doing social media and I did this post. Where I was like, oh, <laughs> Android versus iPhone, all that sort of thing. And I yeah. said, you know, at the end, it was like hashtag first world problem. And then I got this email from a guy who'd been at the company for a long time. He's like, you know, like a lot of our customers are from like third world countries. <laughs> so it's just like, it's, it's not a good look. It is. And I feel feel like ever since then, I've really um, backed off on the uh, third world, uh, first world problem banter. Yeah. I think it was definitely popular. 
at at one point. It's I think like it has, that's what she said. That that's, oh, yeah. that's what she said has also um, dropped off. Has it? Well, hash, I think so. Hashtag put, putting hashtag and then saying something. You you give that a red hot crack every now and then. That G- has definitely yeah. That has definitely <laughs> fallen off slightly. Um, yeah. But uh, hey, at least yeah, at least we're not. Um, doing uh, Indian accents on our show like some radio presenters in Melbourne. But, you know, each to their own. Is that a... Yeah, I know who that's a dig at. That's okay. Um, <laughs> you've, you've had your... Um, it's funny. The one other interesting thing about this uh, podcast is as we go, I feel like um, my willingness to sh- say shit about people, I just never... like. It, we, I said it last week too, but I always am just like, oh, why did I say it? I just, I could have said that exact thing and been a little bit more vague or shit like that. When no, you have I a love microphone, it. I love did you it. ever do that when you were at Shepparton? Did you ever say something about someone that you then were like, oh, I, really oh, I think, you know what, as, as much as we have very little filter for what we're doing, I think yeah. it, this is more dangerous where we're playing than doing radio because I think you start, you know that it's live. There's a there's a process for you before you even get to, you know, broadcast out to the people that you are, and so it's it's very filtering. Like I swore, I th- I think I said shit once in two years, and it would have been in the context of talking about a dog's feces. Like never, <laughs> n- never like saying it because I just want to go oh shit and so, so well, like I I got worried I got worried because the um do, do you know that I think it's Daryl Lyons he's the um uh he's the dude who's got the fake uh six fake pack. rig what's that called six fake pack. six yes. pack yes. he's a paparazzo dude yeah he, well he's like he became the mayor of Geelong and he yeah. um I think he made a bit of coin out of being a paparazzi years and years yeah, ago be careful with what you say because what I was going to say is he's just like I saw in the news maybe a month ago yeah. that he was um, suing suing a, a presenter on community radio for saying something about him no yeah they probably made fun of his hair I actually quite like him yeah. so if he sued me it'd be this weird <laughs> thing of a guy that you actually you know get around this is this is the cut this is yeah you're trying to um, dig your way out of any possible <laughs> Legal, legal issues, mate. I we should try and get him on the show. Just uh, we go to every length for him not to sue us. We have him featured. He's got his own segment every Thursday on our show. Gets to say yeah, what he could, wants. Maybe Darren. Maybe it could be Darren Lyons. Lion facts, where he we basically give him a Wikipedia page on lions, the animal. Oh yeah, and he has to sort of uh, maybe tell us one interesting fact about a lion every episode. <laughs> Hey, um, I need you to tell me about what it was like in Cappadocia where you were in hot air balloons in that unbelievable, looks like the dangerous, it looks like extreme hot air ballooning because you're around 40,000 other hot air balloons. What? what yeah. How was it? What was the experience like? Oh, it was amazing. It was like we went up, at the beginning, we were pretty low and um, we were thinking, what's like, is this, I was, well, I was thinking anyway, I was like, this doesn't seem very high. But by the end of it, we were 1,000 meters up. We were a kilometer up in the air. Wow. Um, it's, yeah, it's amazing. I was like right near the middle. And so 
the flame was really close, which I liked because it kept me warm. And but you're holding you on to, holding sort of, onto um, the driver's leg because you were scared? <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, <clears throat> I feel like the concern with that, like you don't think about when you're up in the air how, like it wasn't until I was, he said we're at a thousand meters, I looked down and I'm like, wow, this would be, it wouldn't be that hard to fall out. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know, it feels like whenever going to, like being in Turkey and doing that experience, everything, anything that's a little bit more dangerous, mm. I feel like, I'm like, I wonder what they do in Australia because... Some of the shit that they were doing, I was like, I'm sure that this protocol doesn't wouldn't fly in regards to like occupational health and safety mm. uh, in Australia. But yeah, it was um, it was awesome. Do you know my only interaction with hot air ballooning was the time that I was driving to work on Punt Road, <laughs> and Amy said, this. "That hot air balloon looks really, really low." And for anyone that doesn't know, Punt Road is like the busiest, one of the busiest roads. The, within peak hour in Melbourne, it's a, they they replace the P with a C because that's how annoying it is. Um, <laughs> C U N T road, woof woof. Yeah. Anyway, she's like, look at that, and then I was like, nah, I reckon it's just get, about to go up. And then we drive a few more, you know, a couple of hundred more meters, and then I see it coming down. So I'm like, oh, I got to pull in just to capture this, make a vlog about it. And so we pulled in. Yeah. I ended up helping this guy. I wouldn't say crash land, but it's it's definitely not a purposeful landing where he was meant to. It was this... T- he literally wedged it. He landed on this wedge of grass, and I, I think he was trying to get it off the road. My guess is that they would get fined a shitload if they land on roads and cause, like, yeah. um, you know, c- cause chaos. It's probably, it'd probably, like, create a whole... <clears throat> like a, a case that they have to go through and report on yeah. and shit like that. And so they lit- this guy literally landed this hot air balloon in this tiny little bit of grass and I was helping because they threw this rope out and I was helping this other guy from the hot air balloon company just pull and hold onto this thing. We had our full weight just So was down. another guy there from the company? Had they yeah. already found them? Yeah, so what happens in Melbourne, they set them up in a park or whatever and they... And then the guy with the van drives because they can't just go. Well, I'm taking off in this park and I'm going to land in that park. It's like yeah. they could the it, the wind drifts and um and so that yeah so there's someone sort of like tracking them and so this was mm. that guy in the van who jumped down. He's like, mate, give us a hand. I was like, I was right amongst it. Where where did they start off from? So they ended up in punt. Punt Road, Road, not far from the city. Yeah. Do you know where they started from? No, I don't know where they started from, but I know that they were trying to land in Albert Park, in the Albert Park Lake um, dis- district. Not in the lake. Not in the lake, but <laughs> in the uh, in that area. Yeah, another one landed. He was trying to get a story. He was trying to get a story like the um, the Hudson River hero dude. <laughs> Sully. Doesn't have the same effect. Yeah, Not exactly. quite Sully. Another one landed yeah. in the Port Phillip Bay, just off the... Um, just off the beach. So my, my thing, the reason I'm saying this, they're not actually that safe, but they yeah. seem to have success in not doing this every single day, landing them. I wonder if there was any, did you hear any whispers, anyone talking about, you know, stories, bad well, stuff that had gone bad? Well, the the guy, it's funny, when, once we'd landed, he was the um, captain or whatever you want to call him. He uh, Call him Sully. He was... Yeah, Sally. He he was joking that like he's like ah, oh, you know, you all didn't die. 
Like, oh, I just don't care. Like, <laughs> just like I think another thing that probably, or maybe it would happen in Australia. I don't know. But yeah, he was he was having a good laugh at the fact that we didn't die. But we ended up 15 kilometers from where we took off, and we we're far away from any other of the balloons. Like he'd he, <clears throat> he'd said that we'd gone really far. Yeah. So yeah, it was um it was interesting. But the thing that the one thing about the whole experience like the whole tour was it was like obviously a a Turkish company and they're just so loose with things like Mm. timing with stuff um, like communication it's just like the an example we were um, uh, we were told that the the bus was going like we're going to be picked up at uh 10 to 5, 4.50 to um, get to the hot air balloons. No one came until it was like 5 past 5 and um, we get onto the the minibus. There's only like an, another couple coming on as well who were f- from Turkey. Yeah. And um, I said my name and it, I could tell that it wasn't really like connecting. Like he didn't... I said, oh, Joshua. And he was like... Uh, like just sort of fucking like said something and then so we like just got on and then we got to the site and we still don't know but I don't think we were on the right on the right uh, balloon I think what happened like because we got there and um, uh, he came up to us and I showed him like our itinerary and he was doing some talking and that sort of thing and then they take us all to um, the hot air balloon that we're going on and everyone had their name they signed next to it and we didn't have our name Jeez. on the sheet. And so there was that like the funny thing is with all these experiences is there seems to be it seems to be wrapped up in initial panic, which is just like you're trying to fill in all these gaps of like, are we able to are we gonna be able to go on? Is this gonna be you know, mm. all of that sort of thing? Wow. That's yeah, well oh well, <laughs> at least you got it. It would have been yeah, better exactly. if you got it for free. It was expensive, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, I was, that's what it made me think about how different you'll feel when you go to Greece. You're going to mm. Greece, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're the chillest. You know, don't worry. This guy that we that picked us up from the airport when we was, when we went there for our honeymoon, I said to him, mate, they've um they've lost our bag, or it, it <laughs> didn't it didn't come. It wasn't on the connecting flight. And yeah. he said, uh, I've got to go back tomorrow and pick it up. And he's like, don't worry. He was just so laid back. They just don't give a shit. Yeah. And I went back yeah. and found my bag just like at, at this counter that had no one there. And I pressed the bell and waited a few minutes. I literally just took my bag. I was like, I'm out of here. No one cared. Well, the thing that was funny was we ended up... Um, when we were on the tour, they just randomly said to us, "Oh, you need to. We need to take you to the agent so that you can pay because we'd uh, only paid like you know ten percent or whatever deposit." But what they hadn't made clear was that they wanted it cash, oh, no. and so it was like how much was it? It was like fifteen hundred euros, which that like included our internal flights, included everything, right? Yeah. And they wanted 1500, 1500 euro cash. And we haven't been traveling around with a lot of cash because we're gone for such a long period of time. So we go to an ATM, you know, put in the amount. And then the, um, 
it, the, the ATM dies. Like it says that it's like working. <laughs> so I think you hear like the cash, it just shuts off. And so I'm like, oh. And so I went to him. I'm like, we went back to the place and said, hey, like it's it's not working. Can we do a, a bank transfer? Can we pay credit card? And he was like, they're obviously doing everything off the books and that's how they sort of keep it um, a sort of a lower price. Yeah. And so we were there for like 10 minutes trying to work out what to do and I'm like, look, take a photocopy of my passport. We're going to like send you the money. And um, he ended up taking taking me on. All, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, um, uh, a guy who spoke English said, oh, he's going to take you on a, a quad bike um, he didn't even say quad bike. He said he's just going to go take one of you down the road yeah. and to another ATM. And before you know it, like I'm on a quad bike zooming along <laughs> and he takes me to an ATM. And surprisingly, like I wasn't thinking we we're going to be able to do it, but we could take out the cash. and Took out $1,500. Um, 1,500 yeah, euros. 15, That's 1500, yeah. yeah. And the interesting thing was though, he wasn't... What he did is he thought that maybe the... Um, ATM didn't have enough cash, like euros, uh. to be able to deliver it. So he'd taken fifteen hundred euros himself in cash that he was depositing into the ATM, <laughs> with the hope that it would then give it back to us. But yeah. um, he put in hundreds and it came out in fifties, so it didn't really make a difference. But the um, the thing was, all the power was out. So the issue we had with our ATM was the power had gone out and it had gone out everywhere so all the atms were reloading and there was that sort of concern at the beginning where it's like are they going to like i sort of had this thought that the power was going to turn on and the it was going to open up and the cash was going to be there and someone was just going to take it but um it was all good it didn't um didn't come off our card have you been feeling like you've um just like because all you're seeing is money going out you're on holidays and there's it is a thought in my mind where i'm like Fuck! Every cent I'm taking out is, it's not getting yeah. put back in because I'm not working at the moment. Have you felt like that? Yeah. No, it's been it's been okay. I think that we budgeted well. So like because we've been sort of zigging and zagging, doing expensive stuff and then cheaper stuff. It's um yeah, it's it's been pretty good so far. I think that I'm trying to think what sort of probably it stings paying too much for things in cheaper places. Mm. But um, it's still not that expensive, if that makes sense. So, like, you can. I think that the thing that you need to be careful of when you travel is you can get into the um, like the smaller numbers, which I think is not worthwhile. So, like, for instance, um, uh, say for instance, like a a Coke Zero might normally cost like a dollar or something in the Mm. city, like really cheap. And then you go to a place that costs like $2 and you're just like, oh man, that's, fu- that's fucking rip off. You get like that. And it's like, in reality, like, look, let's just, uh, or even like we, um, you know, got uh, lunch and it was like uh, 40 lira for a, for a meal, which was more than what we were used to spending. But reality was that was like $10 for a, for a meal. So yeah. it's, I think it's a bit of that where it's just like sometimes your perspective goes but i'm trying um yeah uh he's actually here is an example of where uh you start counting the money is um we were leaving our hotel yesterday to go back to istanbul on the plane yeah and um the uh shuttle arrives to pick us up 
and um, all of a sudden, I, I've taken uh, my mine and Breeze bag down, which we we've nicknamed Breeze bag the A three eighty. It's real fuck it. It's, it's massive. It's way big. It's like a jumbo version of mine, and it's just like it can't go on every. Um, you know, it can't land everywhere because it's too big. It's just yeah. like so. Yep, yeah, that's that's sort of it is actually stuck. Like everyone's um, even uh, when we're traveling with mates, they're like, "Oh, Josh, do you want to grab the A three eighty? Like yeah. it's sort of and, the and uh, she's worn really- one of the outfits the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. She's you don't wearing, need to, like, it's hot. You just wear a dress yeah. or whatever. It's like you don't need to take thirty dresses to wear. Did she got well? Sh- I'm still wearing the same t- like uh, actually not this t shirt because I just chucked it on, but. Yeah, I've been wearing like two t-shirts <clears throat> on this entire trip. Yeah. But the um yeah, so we as we were going to leave, I was already in the van. I'm like, what's Bray doing? <clears throat> and she's like, I've lost my sunglasses. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice again. Hang on. <clears throat> so, I um yeah, so what what had happened is apparently she had uh probably half an hour before we went like the hotel there's hardly anyone in there mm. um it's sort of like a boutique sort of hotel you're sleeping in like a cave type of thing they're all out in, trying to get cash out of atms exactly but the um no so she um she'd left them or this is what she thinks has happened she left them in the toilets like in the main toilets because there's so she's been wearing like a jumpsuit for is it a jumpsuit is that what it's called yeah and so like it's good because it sort of covers her legs and stuff like that so you know being in a muslim country all that sort of shit trying to be um as respectful as possible so anyway but to take it off she has to like under basically take all her clothes off to be able to go so she'd taken her sunnies off and had put them um on a bench anyway they were they were taken so like her right it's her first pair of like uh, where she's actually put some money into sunglasses. But oh. how would you react? If Amy had lost mm. a pair of sunnies, what do you think? So I'm on the bus, break, like is in a real sort of state, she's like huffing and puffing, like, oh, yeah, do you yeah. know where, like, I'm trying to work it out. So I'm just sort of sitting there. And then what What do you think your first words would be in that situation? Uh, if Amy had lost her or like looking for hers, yeah. My my problem is I get frustrated. I feel like it's something she's lost that. something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I take it on. I think that yeah. I, f- I feel the annoyance of it. Oh, how much? Like how much? I start thinking about how much they're worth, and the, yeah. having any sunnies. Yeah, that's that's bad. That's that's yeah. what I do. Well, so my reaction, which Bree was not happy with at all, was, um, well, it's a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing you don't need to hear when you're feeling the pain of losing something is this is a but, lesson. But I think it's all learning. That that's it's a learning. That's what Bree said. It's yeah, all it's learning. A, like that's it's a learning. But really uh, Bree said it in a really smug way. <laughs> I disagree. But don't you think the that was um, smug. it's a learning? But it's a learning. Like I thought that that was. I said to her afterward, like she really cracked with me. I'm like, hang on. Like the thing is, the. How have I become the bad guy? Like, the thing is, she's like, you could have a little bit more sympathy. I'm like, the thing is that I'm going to be paying 50%. Like, you're going to, like, this is annoying for both of us because, like, we're going to have to get new glasses. But it wasn't like I was like, that's going to cost us money or that sort of thing. I'm like, I want to, I feel like 
I sometimes just want to be, I don't want to take away the learning by saying, oh, it's okay. We'll just buy a new pair. I want like, you got to feel it. You need to like sit in the, in that sort of state so that you never, ever leave your sunglasses in a dumb spot again. Mate, I lost, I bought a pair of sunglasses on the Friday for the races on the Saturday and got really pissed and lost them. They were $350. Yeah. Well, this is a good thing. It's like, I'd thought I'd sort of been thinking in my head, are they going to be like 500 bucks or whatever? But Ray-Bans actually aren't as expensive as you think. They were like 160 bucks. Well, when in 20, in, I I was going to say 25 days, in 25 shows time, we'll be together in the States and Ray-Bans are seriously cheap over in America. So she may as well just hold out, buy a pair of, uh, buy a fake pair and then buy... I don't know if you can hold out because the thing is she's got like her eyes are quite sensitive or whatever. Like she's got like a little dot that we need to be careful of with the sun. She's got blue so eyes. It's, sensitive. Yes. So she can't like just go and we can't just go to a market and get El Cheapo ones that are going to fuck her eyes. We've got to get ones that are at least um, protective. Mate, they're not magnifying glasses. Well, yeah. I think like the cheap ones, that's what the issue is, isn't it? It's like that they're not like, they don't provide actually any pr- protection. Some of them, it depends on. If you're getting like the um, rainbow colored Ray-Bans that, that uh, five yeah. euros all across Europe, uh, probably not. <laughs> but I think you can get some, yeah, get. I mean, just get a cheap pair. Seriously, I've yeah. been thinking about um, buying clothes recently just like mm-hmm. new jeans new hats and stuff i'm like i'm just gonna wait till america because it is so much cheaper there yeah yeah i wonder how i feel like um it's changes with the state sometimes it's a lot cheaper um and then like i guess it all depends on the um exchange uh, rate exchange rate and stuff like that oh when i yeah when i was there I was, it was dollar for dollar that was yeah. so good. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was a uh, unique time. Um, what do you? So, so you counted it? Is it twenty five days until we're in the states? No, twenty five shows. shows and so today, shows until we're in the states. Today's twenty uh, number twenty five. Tomorrow twenty four. I'm counting down. Maybe you're not. You're on holidays, but I'm um, definitely counting down the days. And if you haven't been listening, this is the first episode. Josh is traveling for a hundred days, and mm-hmm. I'm meeting him in America, and we're gonna continue the podcast we, we have yeah. while you've been gone yeah. we haven't missed a show uh and then we're rendezvousing in nyc i got some um feedback from uh rob ward who's actually been on the the podcast he's the founder of Quadlock. he was saying he's like why do you keep bringing up the fact that you're late to podcasting and <laughs> he's like he's spot on i think like it's like an insecurity where I'm like, there's that desire to be like, to explain yourself because I feel like I'd been, I'd been consuming podcasts for so long. I just feel like, I don't know, what's what's your vibe on it? I feel like I do it way more than you. You Yeah, you uh, you do definitely. You just feed off it. (laughs) But even since the time and we're very... Uh, on the alert for what's happening around yeah. in this space. So, but even since we've started this six months, seven months ago, you've I've seen so many pop up, so many people that I just wouldn't ever think would have one, yeah. for no other reason than it's not what they do normally, and then all of a sudden they've got a podcast. 
like it's, a landscaper or something like just like yeah, random industries and stuff. It's actually one of my favourite now, the landscaping podcast, yeah. talking about different turf, <laughs> uh, different diggers. But well, the- I had an I had an idea. I don't know. Um, hopefully, uh, I don't think we'll have anyone that will will take it before we we do it in New York. But I was thinking of um, contacting one of the helicopter tour companies and trying to organize a deal where we do a podcast from a helicopter above New York and have one of the, uh, like a pilot or someone from the company as a guest on the show. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, Well, as we were talking before, different countries have different regulations. We, uh, one of our listeners is a train driver and and isn't allowed to, because I was thinking we should just go for a ride in the train and do a... Podcast with him while he can't even listen to Danny can't even listen to podcasts. Exactly, yeah. While he's yeah. While so he's I wonder what the deal is with with um, pilots. I mean, I want him to focus. I don't want to come down into the well, into the Empire State Building. But th- think about it like this: like if they um, they talk on their. I was thinking if we could use their existing headsets and we could tap into that. They're already they're already talk. So. Yeah, maybe it does have to be someone from the company. But the reason I bring it up is because I was doing some research and then I found a um, a show specifically for helicopter pilots, Sick. like a podcast for helicopter pilots. And the guy's based in Queensland who, who does the show. I should try and find out the name. I think it was called like The Rotary Show. Oh, but, yeah. um I feel like I could get behind that, get uh, the sort of a niche podcast to sort of, you know... <laughs> Start to learn a subculture, <laughs> like man. There is heaps. Pilots. There is heaps of subculture podcasts. I was thinking, if anyone yeah. has any contacts in America, specifically New York City and LA, Josh and I yeah. will be there from late September 29th mm-hmm. to the 11th of October. So, yeah. if you are, if you do have someone that we should get on the show, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you if you just so happen to be a helicopter pilot from New York listening, I mean, perfect. <laughs> sure, we've got we've got a few. I'm sure. Um, any other exciting news? What else is what else is happening? Catch me up on your your life. Mate, what did you actually um, do on the weekend? It's it's my last week of my th- uh, of my twenties, so I'm um, I'm feeling a bit older. I've always been the young younger person in the group, and I feel like thirties yeah. not old at all. Uh, but I feel like leaving my twenties is quite significant for myself. And I need to grow the fuck up. And no, actually, <laughs> do I you, already do have. Do you feel that? Do, do you feel like what's the uh, what's the pressures of turning thirty? Do you think? Oh, no pressures, but I think it's it's just a n- new ball game. I've been within the twenties for years, and you kind of it's. The, I think you you go through your teens, and you're trying to get out of your teens, and then you get to a time where you're kind of just like within your twenties, and you and you you know you just you're young. It's quite. It's still quite young. And maybe you're not taken really seriously, and then you start leaving, and then I feel like now I'm leaving my twenties, and um, yeah. maybe people will start taking me a bit more seriously. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it, no, I think it's true though. I I didn't realize how much that was a um a factor mm. when I was younger in regards to the insights that I had based on the experiences I had with technology, and um even internally within companies. Mm. I was just always perplexed with like, oh, why are we doing it this? Like, do they know about this or that? And like, I think there's probably, 
you know, there's probably 30% of that which was um, just being young and thinking you know everything anyway, yeah. which isn't, I think, so probably people are pushing up against that. But um, I definitely think that if I had the knowledge around sort of tech and all that sort of stuff within yeah. a, a company, I think it would have been like a completely different experience. Yeah, working within. I feel like you, like my, you know, I've been, how do I put, how do I put it? I feel like I am now and getting more of a grasp on life and I'm in a better place now but I just wish I had some of the, you know it's always the wish I had it when I was younger but yeah I um yeah I feel, I've just been reflecting on my life like I think about all the time I wasted fucking going to pubs and you know as much as I had heaps of fun made lots of contacts and you know it all of that but I feel like yeah you there was a lot of time wasted, but I, I but I yeah. don't think I was mature. And you can't look back. Yeah, I think it's that whole thing where it's like there's a there's a point in saying like in accepting that and then yeah. using it as fuel for the future. Yeah. Rather than it being, I mean, one of the things that I heard, I can't remember what it was from, but it was like it's that one percent every every day. I saw some sort of equation around like doing something versus not doing something. Yeah. And um, that's definitely been my approach, which is like, okay, what is like the small thing that I can actually do today? Yeah. Even though it seems insignificant, but it's actually going to move me closer. Because I think that so often, I know I do this where it's like, I see something as such a small action that I don't see it as significant enough Mm. to even bother. Whereas if I'd done it, it would have brought me a tiny bit closer to where I wanted to go. Yeah. I, there's this guy that I follow on Instagram. He's quite outrageous, and yeah. he, he's usually yelling advice at people. But he's been doing those Q and A, uh, you know, Insta yeah. stories. And yeah. one of them was like something about, "Did you travel in your twenties?" And oh, I did <laughs> say <see> this. <laughs> basically, he's like, "No," talking about building a business and spending time just not fucking around in your early 20s yeah. to set yourself up but it's like I, I've lived I've I've done a lot in my life already where it's like mm. yeah I've, I've, you could easily see it as a waste but then I when I see someone else talking about how they haven't they haven't spent any time partying they haven't done any travel because they've been building their future I also think fuck you've missed out bro and so that's where I I look at what I've done and and, and my life and um, yeah, I, I think there's there's it's, plenty it's of time. Yeah, there is time. You don't to- want to. You don't want to just be. You don't want your whole life to be your career. You don't want. I don't think you don't want your life to be any single thing because when once that single thing goes, yeah, or comes into question, then you lose your identity. So mm. I think that that's like interesting. Which is like I think that for a lot of my life, I've um my work or whatever or what I do has been a bit of my identity. I think Mm. the other thing that happens when you travel is you realize how insignificant you are in in some regards, like how you think about, like think about when you're doing like an Instagram post or something like that, you think that you're connecting with a bunch of people when in reality it's like I've got like 
say 1400 or 1500 or whatever it is followers on instagram let's say half of them actually like see my content and are active users it's like the size of my old school so it's like i've essentially got like the broadcast this connection that i have is like i think the perception in our minds is that we're like man we're connected to so many people but in reality it's like a dot it's tiny and i think that that's um it's a sort of a um humbling thought to then realize mm. that like uh stop taking shit too seriously and shit doesn't matter as much as yeah. well i think it's easy to look around and see people especially when you're young who are having success and think like fuck why is it not happening for me but it's like it could take you 20 years to get there I wonder if people, I wonder if, I mean, if we all knew when it would happen for us or, you know, whatever we're sort of striving for, like, oh, would would people be more patient? I don't know if they, I think people are just impatient with these things, with life. And, uh, and yeah, because it's, yeah, it's a long, it's like life is a long game. You're sticking at things and it might not work or it might and there's always a desire to want more. I think yeah. that I think if you can get rid of that, because I think that um, I remember hearing somewhere it's like you need to know how to be happy now in the situation you're in, mm. so that when the situation might get better, or if you think it needs to get better, then when it is, you know how to be in that place. Whereas people are expecting a thing to happen, like you know, financial success or mm. something to happen to then make them happy. Whereas, um, you know, it's, it is something I think that I constantly perspective wise, definitely traveling, you have all these micro moments over that where it's like, um, like you got to snap out of it where you're like annoyed at, yeah, like the cost of a drink or like (laughs) them being late at a tour or feeling like you're being hustled. Like the one thing about the tour, there was a few times where it's like you go to a, um, this is the most sort of, uh, controlled tour group we've been in because we've sort of been doing everything ourselves but this is one that was sort of a bit sort of all-inclusive and it's like the guy the guy said to us who was our guide he's like oh now um you're sort of talking as if like we're doing something like all real bespoke stuff he's like i want to take you off sort of the different spots you know where it's not as busy blah 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 anyway he said now we'll do lunch a little bit later we'll do lunch at about 2 30 because i want to go to one of my favorite places and i just want to make sure that we can get in and all that sort of thing yeah anyway it was sort of pitched as it was as if this sort of like local experience or that it was his sort of favorite thing and we like arrive and there's about 20 buses <laughs> Like, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And you go in, it's just like huge tables with just like tourists on every single table. And I think like in those moments, you can be like, what the fuck? This is like, this isn't the experience that I want. Like I'd much prefer to be like, Brie and I talk about the fact that it's like, we don't mind if something is touristy, but it can't be shit food as well. Like yeah, the thing yeah. that I've, I find is it's like you pay more for touristy stuff and that's also shit stuff like it's yeah. not like delicious local stuff it isn't done with love so i think but it's that perspective right it's being like but at the same time we're in fucking this amazing part of the world having mm. this experience yeah i i i felt like that in in spain in barcelona you can get this cable car from like the beach over to this mountain 
and then you're just paying through the nose having fried salty food. But I just loved it. Yeah. I just lapped it up. I just drank the beer yeah. and ate the salt in batter. And then, um, but yeah, I, it is. It's it's, that, it's to yeah. a group specifically. It's like whenever you're in a group and it just feels like you're sort of being carted around or having carpet sold to you or jewellery and shit like that. Like, <laughs> but it's... Um, it's all uh, it's all and part I, of the experience, and I hope you've bought all of them for our office when you get home. <laughs> exactly, yeah, it's going to be beautiful. A lot of uh, yeah, we'll we'll have a, a glass with the uh, Turkish delight, so you can help yourself with. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I feel like yeah. a Turkish delight. Finally, just before we go, I am I'm on the 16th. I just got a notification that says you hit your goal of 16 hours. Have What's a guess what it's about. 16 got hours. On my app. Oh, uh, something of audiobook. No, um, I'll show it to you. See if you can you can see that on the. I can't see. You, I've lost connection with you. Oh, you can lost. You can't see. That happens every time. I wonder why. Um, it's a. It says fast complete. So I've got an app um, called Zero, which is uh, by a guy Kevin Rose, who founded Dig, who had the podcast Ignation oh, yeah. back in the day, and um, you just start it. And basically, this is the Rock, Hugh Jackman. This is the fasting that they do. So it's like oh, oh, just fasting, 16, fasting. sixteen hours. Yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing! So you must be pretty fucking hungry. Yeah, no, I'm okay. But yeah, just because you know that I like to fast and all that sort of thing. But I f- have felt like it hasn't been controlled. It's been just sort of a little bit random. Whereas now it's like I put it on it, stopped eating at four forty-five p.m. And now it's you know eight forty five a.m. and I can eat and yeah. it's all tracked. It's good. Now, well, now, what do you do? Do you eat everything and then fast again? Nah. So I'll, like, I think that once you start fasting, you start being like, ah, oh, do I really want to have like all the sweet food and stuff at the breakfast, or should I be a little bit more sensible? So yeah, I'll probably um, I'll just sort of eat normally or whatever, and then um, finish it again at like four p.m. and then. Do it all again. Yeah, brilliant. And then you can uh, track. Maybe you can give it a crack. Maybe give it a go. Not that you really need to do it, but it could be fun. No, It'd be I actually like a pain it. in the ass. I like it. You've basically, it like, a guy created a timer that is basically uh, an app that's basically just a timer. It's time. Just send yeah, an alarm. Literally, that's all it is. <laughs> but it's so, it, it is really nice and just being able to track it. But I hey, like it. The, if The Rock uses it, I'm going to fucking use yeah. that shit. Well, the, to be clear, The Rock doesn't use it. He just, uh, it's just. He probably in some fucking uh, article they said that he does sixteen hour fasts. So um, you're basically doing the one that the Rock does. So I'm guessing I'm going to be completely jacked and shit without doing anything else, just not eating for sixteen hours a day. So, <laughs> all right, yeah. guys, we're going to see you tomorrow because that's what yeah, we it's do. Yeah, the Daily Talk daily. Show, everyone, and uh, yeah, feel free to email us hi at the Daily Talk Show dot com. And um, yeah, I'm very excited for. Uh, um, the next couple of months, I think it's going to be uh, be very exciting. See you tomorrow, guys. Catch you guys. Bye.